With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into the BT Powerhouse Podcast. My name is Thomas Bendit. As always, I am the host of said podcast. It is Wednesday, September 7th, and it's officially preview season. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's odd. You know, the fall, you, you have football season come around, which started last week for the Big Ten and the vast majority of college teams. It's always exciting, you know, to see things get going on the gridiron, but conveniently right around the same time is when all the preview action starts getting rolling for college basketball. We here at BT Powerhouse, no different. And, you know, we're rolling into our, uh, our Big Ten coverage. So every year, I, I believe this is the third year we've done this now, we will do a podcast on every single Big Ten team and then usually a conclusion, you know, big overall viewpoint type of stuff for, uh, um, you know, the conference, college basketball, uh, that kind of stuff. I believe last year we had um, – SB Nation's lead college basketball right around. So hopefully we can get something similar again this year. That was a lot of fun. But uh, but right now, right in the thick of things for Big Ten, and we're starting it off. What, what I have typically done is sort of a reverse order of how things went last year with the quote-unquote worst team first and the quote-unquote best team last. So we are starting with Rutgers here today. Um, that will get mixed reactions from some, I'm sure. But uh, but it's the first one of our 14 podcasts here, and I personally am really excited to get it going. Uh, and to help us break down Rutgers, we have Dave White from SB Nation's On the Banks, which is SB Nation's Rutgers site. Dave, how's it going? It's going well, although I don't like the way you said mixed reactions. Come on, Rutgers <laughs> is fun. Uh, but I'm ready uh, to start talking college hoops. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was just talking about that. You know, it, it's kind of odd where, you know, so excited for football season, football season gets here, and then a week or two later, it's previewing for college basketball. So it's a, it's a quick transition, but, you know, always fun to chat college basketball. And uh, I'm excited for Rutgers, I will say. I, I think things are headed on a, a fun direction, I should say, right now. Um, yeah, so uh, let, let, let's jump into here a little bit. Um, generally we go through kind of, you know, front to back, the whole roster. Uh, we've had you here, I want to say the last two years now breaking down Rutgers. This is, so this is, I think this is my third year. And I think this year I finally know something about the big 10 other than <laughs> Rutgers. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's getting better each year, getting better each year. We'll just be <laughs> adding on to this year. Um, yeah. so why don't, why don't we start with the, the big picture stuff here? Um, just what are, what are general feelings coming in this year? Obviously, you know, we'll get a little bit into last year here in a little bit. I, that may that may not be exciting to hear about. But, um, you know, what what's just the general feeling uh, about Rutgers and the program and, and where things are right now? Um, I think right now it's really just it's, – it's a breath of fresh air. I mean, I know I came on the past two years, like, super optimistic, but I, a lot of that was kind of an act. 
Um, <laughs> but now it kind of feels like Peichel, you know, Steve Peichel's the new head coach, and he 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 seems to know how to run a basketball program, you know, a college <laughs> basketball program. They're out. They're recruiting. He's filled the roster as much as he can. It's not a perfect roster yet, but he's he's added pieces. They're not playing, you know, seven eight guys. They're gonna have they're gonna be twelve deep, and and mm-hmm. I think there's optimism that basketball will be fun again. You know, um, mm-hmm. nobody's expecting the NCAA tournament or even the NIT, but I think they're gonna look like they belong. Meaning that I don't think they're gonna be a walkover. I think they're gonna be one of those teams that. They're going to lose a lot, but they're going to be a pain in the butt to everybody um, mm-hmm. because they're going to finally defend. They're going to rebound. And, uh, you know, those are apparently Steve Peichel's calling cards. That's what he keeps saying. I don't think they can score enough this year, but um, mm-hmm. I really think there's going to be some dogfights. And, you know, maybe they'll upset somebody. Everybody always gets one upset, you know, so except for last <laughs> year's team. Um, but, you know, almost everybody gets one upset. So I think I think it there's going to be some signs. I think they're going to pass the eye test and I think there's going to be signs of optimism for the future. Um, Mm -hmm. What that translates into wins. I was, I wrote an article about this yesterday. You know, I I really think you got to take the long view. I think you're got to be looking at, they won seven total games last year. Mm -hmm. If Peichel can get them to win 12 total games, that's an improvement. That's a five game improvement, you know? So I think, Mm -hmm. I think there's optimism for the future, but I think this is a long process, um, and I think it's it's almost a harder process than Chris Ash has building the football program up, um, just because Rutgers basketball hasn't been over 500 since 2006 in 10 years. They haven't made the NCAA wow. tournament since 1991. You know, they haven't won an NCAA tournament game since 1983. So there's a lot of baggage that Pykel has to ba- battle, and they yeah. finally hired a a real staff with Carl Hobbs and Brandon Knight and Jay Young. They're, they're moving towards building a practice facility. Um, so things are headed in the right direction, and it looks like Rutgers Athletics finally cares about basketball, which if you've read my articles the past three years, I don't think they cared about basketball uh, for a while. But um, I think if you're a basketball fan, there's some cautious optimism. That's that's the best way to put it. Big picture, there's some cautious optimism. Corey Sanders is back. He was exciting to watch last year. Um, so so that's kind of where we are. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, I'm not as close to the heartbeat as you are. Um, that's why I like to have you on here. Uh, but <laughs> you know, I, I started I started writing my previews, which hopefully will debut here in a, a couple weeks. But um, I called it a proverbial smack to the head, um, <laughs> the hiring of Pico uh, last spring. I think it's just the whole the whole program just seems different. You know, last year it was, well, you know, just kind of going through the motions because, you know, as much as everyone was going to talk about it, everyone knew it was going to be a bad team. Everyone knew it really probably wasn't headed in the right direction um, deep down. Right. But right now, you know, I every everything they're doing, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and act like it's easy or that or the team is you know outstanding at this point, but it at least seems like it's heading in the right direction. Um, I know that's how it always seems with a new coach, but it, it really seems tangible uh, with Pico, at, at least from the, the outside perspective, I should say. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I think one of the interesting things, if, if I can jump in here, is yeah. I actually said to somebody today that he and Brandon Knight are visiting two high schools um, on Friday to recruit. They're chasing after a point guard, Jose Alvarado, 
and one of the top centers in 2018 in in Naz Reed, and they're going to the high school to visit. And I said to somebody, I said, I don't remember Eddie ever visiting a high school, like on a, on a random Friday. I said, Peichel is doing the bare minimum recruiting-wise until he lands like a big fish. <laughs> And it's mm-hmm. it's it's got me in awe, you know. It's it's kind of silly. Like this is what he's supposed <laughs> to be doing, and I'm awed by it, you know. After the yeah. past three years. Yeah, I mean it's, you know, and I, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later, you know, once we get mm-hmm. through some of the team stuff. But I definitely like the idea of build how how their strategy for building. Um, I know we've talked about it on past podcasts, but I like the homegrown approach, so to speak, for for this program. Yeah. But. But with that, why don't why don't we get through the tough stuff first? We always start with a look at last year. Um, you know, simply put, yeah, it, it was. We always start always start this way. So let's just get through it. Um, I got so the anxiety year, already. Last year, not exactly the greatest. Um, put it in perspective. You know, Rutgers goes seven and twenty-five overall, one and seventeen in the Big Ten, knocked out of the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Obviously, no postseason. Um, they come in at number 291st uh, or 291 on Ken Palm. Um, I'm looking for the stat I had. Okay, here, here's my interesting stat. You will not appreciate this, so you may want to cover your ears and, you know, scream or something. Uh, I'm sure I know it already. <laughs> so uh, in 19 games against top 100 Ken Palm teams, Rutgers only avoided a double-digit loss once. So essentially – in 19 tries against competent opponents, 18 of them were quote-unquote blowouts, um, with the lone exception, a 79-72 loss to Indiana um, to start off conference play. So, simply put, uh, a rough year. Um, Dave, you have any final reactions on last year, or, or should we just, you know, bury it and never well, I, talk I about it? I will say <laughs> that last year was a year where everything went wrong. Not only were they poorly coached, not only were they not deep, but then they suffered. They were playing a guard at power forward. They suffered their three top big men got hurt out for the year, mm-hmm. basically. Corey Sanders got suspended for four games. Like, everything that could go wrong went wrong. I have never seen, A, such bad basketball, <laughs> and, B, everything go wrong. I mean, even if yeah. they were completely healthy, I'm thinking you're looking at two, maybe three Big Ten wins, but – it was just like torture. Like if if I was in witness protection, I would have given up my identity after watching that. It was so bad. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know, I, I hate to keep beating the dead horse, so I'm only going to do it a little bit further. Um, but... You're enjoying this. You're enjoying this a little bit. <laughs> it is a little bit, just because you know, not to be offensive, but. The amount of suck was very impressive on this team. I mean, this is, uh, I know, I know. <laughs> it like statistically speaking, you know, for our listeners who maybe weren't as in tune with the day to day of, of this team last year, uh, this uh, is very realistically speaking, one of the worst power five teams in recent memory. Um, I don't know if I'd say ever just cause it's hard to statistically gauge the early years of college basketball, but certainly in the modern area, era mm-hmm. um one of the worst power five teams out there um but i'll i'll end with that let one last thing on last year um what what were some positives that you would have taken away from last year uh as we move into this season they they fired eddie jordan 
<laughs> All right. Um, good, fair um, enough. I mean, Corey fair Sanders enough. was fun to watch. There was mm-hmm. that fun triple overtime loss to, to Illinois. I mean, it was rough. It was rough. <laughs> there was not much positive. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, yeah. So let, let's just move into this year. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, off-season exits. Rutgers, they – in my preview, which, again, I'm not going to just talk about my preview, but uh, what I, I said it's an interesting dilemma because statistically the team is actually losing a lot in terms of senior contributions – uh, a couple transfers, but it's also, you know, you're losing a lot of contributions from a really bad team. So you kind of right. do wonder how much are you losing? Um, so what, what is Rutgers losing exactly this year? Who do you think is going to be the toughest to replace? Um, and how do you anticipate uh, the team dealing with off season losses this year? Oh, geez, I have no idea. I mean, they lost Greg Lewis, who was their senior leader who played his heart out. Um, mm-hmm. but he was battled by injuries and bad knees. Apparently he couldn't even walk upstairs at times. So yeah. he's going to – there's no senior on this team. There are a couple redshirt juniors, but there's no mm-hmm. senior on this team. So they're losing the leadership. You know, somebody has to step up and be a leader. That's going to be the hardest thing to figure out. That said, you don't – I mean, who? They, they, Justin Good transferred, who was a freshman shooter who didn't play much, and um, – uh, DJ, DJ Form, uh, Foreman transferred to St. Louis, and it's always good to have an extra big body, but they filled that in with uh, Candido Sa, who's a, a junior college power forward, and they brought in um, a seven-footer in um, C.J. Geddes, Geddes out of UNC, who's a, a graduate transfer. So I guess he's a senior. Sorry, I forgot about him. They just landed him. So there's it's, – it's tough to gauge. When you only win seven games, what else can you lose? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's nowhere yeah. to go but up. So, the losses this time don't feel like, you know, if it was a 15-win team with five Big Ten wins, that would have been something. But the, the, you can't even gauge it. This team was so bad last year. How can you gauge what you lost? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement. I mean, you know, like I said, statistically speaking, you know, Rutgers is losing a lot of minutes. You know, they're losing guys like Greer. They're losing guys like Lewis, as you mentioned. Oh, I Foreman. Yeah, Foreman, you know, I, I believe he led the team in rebounds. So, from a statistical perspective, a lot of losses. But, again, you know, a seven-win team, it, it's hard to gauge how, how deep those losses go. But, uh, yeah. but with that, let's talk about the flip side. Rutgers is bringing in, uh, I want to say, five guys this year. Um, oh, mm-hmm. sorry, six. Four new recruits, two transfers, and one of the transfers I should add is technically was added last year in Nigel Johnson, but he is right. eligible this year. So I, I'm kind of viewing him as adding this year. Uh, what do you expect out of those? Um, which guys do you think will make the biggest impact? Um, and can anyone start out of, out of the recruiting class or, or the, of the two transfers? I think Nigel Johnson is going to start at um, shooting guard. Uh, I think the backcourt will be Corey Sanders and Nigel Johnson. Um, they're similar players, and uh, I think Nigel – there's no real backup point guard on this team, so I'm sure Nigel will um, shift over to the one at times to give Corey a breather, but I think Nigel will definitely start. Um, I think he's got the biggest upside. I think he can defend at, at uh, Kansas State. I think he can play off – when he was at Kansas State, he defended. Um, I think he can play off – 
Corey Sanders real well. Um, I think can I think here's my my uh, surprise pick. I think Candido Sa will start over Deshaun Freeman, who was supposed to be the big get for wow. Eddie Jordan last year before he got hurt. Um, mm-hmm. Freeman was supposed to be a big scorer, and he was showing that early on, and, and then he hurt his knee. Um, I am going to call Sa starting over Freeman um, as as my big stunning stunning uh, pick. I don't know why, just a gut instinct, um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, I I just have a weird feeling about that. Um, so I think you've got, you know, you're going to go with probably Corey Sanders, um, Nigel, Jonathan Laurent at wing, who's a return sophomore who played well at times. And, um, uh, uh, Shaq Dorson at, at center and Candido Sa. So it's, it's kind of a new, um, a new roster, uh, in a way, in a new starting five, there's going to be a lot of growing pains, um, but that's what I think. Interesting. Yeah, I um, I guess to start off with, um, you know, this probably could, shouldn't come as you know a surprising note or anything. Recruiting class not not super heralded. You know, two of the guys are unrated. You know, at least according to two four seven, the other two guys are three star recruits. Um, probably not expecting a ton out of these guys. You know, frankly, uh, you know, this is a transition recruiting class. A couple late additions. Um, you know, if, if Pico can end up getting even two guys to seriously contribute, it would be a major, major score uh, for him and Rutgers. Um, as you mentioned, I, I think Sa has a good shot at, at contributing. Um, it'll, Bullock is another guy I'm interested to watch. I, I think he could get in there and, and contribute off the bench. Um, but as far as the transfers, I, I think those are obviously the big additions uh, to this yeah. team this year. Um, you know, Johnson – one interesting thing about Johnson is during his time at Kansas State, he did switch. He played both guard roles uh, in the backcourt, and he was a pretty solid passer. Um, mm. So I, it wouldn't shock me too much if he, you know, takes the primary minutes at the two and also serves as that backup to Corey Sanders. I think that would be a big boost for Sanders, who yeah. I, I think, you know, for a, a freshman kind of got leaned on a little bit too much mm-hmm. last year. Uh, yeah, but, um, when you only got five guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's totally reasonable why. Um, but I, I think that'll take a little pressure off him. And um, I, I think Geddes has a solid shot at starting. We'll, we'll see if he can, he can do that. You know, uh, he put up pretty solid numbers at UNC Wilmington. Um, limited playing time, but – you know, at least statistically speaking, you know, he had 111 offensive rating, which would have been the highest on Rutgers had he had those same numbers on Rutgers' roster. Uh, yeah. So something, well, the something definitely a little watch. different than the UNC Wilmington <laughs> League. Mm-hmm. So. Fair, fair and he's enough. Seven fair foot, enough. So. <laughs> I mean, I think it's interesting that what Peichel did this, this offseason was he turned a weakness of Rutgers' Uh, interior game into the biggest front court in the Big Ten. Um, I don't know yeah. how much there is talent-wise, but there is they're they're the biggest. Um, Aaron Brightman, who also writes Raspy Nation, is our editor in chief, dude. He um, he he did the research and wrote a whole article about how Rutgers went from being small with playing a guard at power forward to having the biggest front court in the Big Ten. So it should be interesting there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know how. 
you know, as, as you mentioned, it's, it's a totally fair, you know, question or, or flat red flag, uh, whether Gettys can put even close to the same numbers up um, at Rutgers. But, you know, I, I think he's going to play a lot for sure. Um, I think he's good enough to, to grab the starting job there up front. But, you know, we'll see. Either way, he'll certainly be rotating a lot. But I think it's a solid group. Uh, certainly a great, great group considering the circumstances and uh, that this is, a you know, a transition class from a really tough season. But, uh, you know, there, there are a couple of guys here that, that should be interesting. But, um, yeah, I think one guy neither of us mentioned who's going to be interesting is a wing they picked up in August. Um, Eugene Omarui, I think is how you say his name, out of uh, Canada. Apparently, um, Peichel was doing a thing during the football game this year on campus, and one of our writers um, ran into him and tweeted that um, Peichel said that if Eugene had been eligible in the 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 spring, I guess he had to take SATs or something like that, that he would have been able to play anywhere in the country. So. He's somebody to watch out for. Yeah, yeah, that'll be. He certainly put up big numbers, you know, as as a prep guy. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how much easily he can translate to this level. But uh, if he can even be a bench guy, you know, that's that's a great land for August. Um, yes. So let let let's move into some, you know, actual this team on the court. Um, this may be a little bit of a tough topic, but regardless, um, strength. Some of the strengths and weaknesses. You got into that earlier. Um, what what are a couple strengths you see on this team, and conversely, what are a couple you know red flags um, and areas that you think this team is going to struggle in this year? Um, I think they're they're athletic. I think that's a strength. Um, I think they have have the build as as athletes to be able to defend. Um, they didn't defend much under Eddie, but I think Pykele's going to teach them how to defend. I think they're going to be a decent defensive team this year. Um, and they're big, so if they box out correctly, they should be able to rebound. Um, I think a weakness is shooting. I'm not sure how much shooting they have. Um, Mike Williams can shoot it. Uh, Corey Sanders can shoot it when left open. But beyond that, I'm not sure how much shooting they have. And I think uh, depth at guard is going to be a problem because they really have mm-hmm. only three true guards on the team, not counting walk-ons. Um, yeah. So I think those are your two strengths, two weaknesses. Um, I think they're really going to have to grind or and, and try to get easy baskets, which in college basketball, if you can't shoot the three, you're not going to win. So I think, yeah. um, I think that's where you're going to be. Uh, I think they're going to, they're going to be a pain in the neck, but I don't think they're going to win a lot. Yeah. I, um, for, for me, you know, I, I tried not to focus on, you know, stuff I think Rutgers is going to do exceptionally well, but more of, spots I think they're going to be better at. Um, mm-hmm. For for me, I, I think one thing that, that they could quietly be pretty good at, um, I mentioned it a little bit, my thinking with Johnson, but um, I, I think they could actually end up being a pretty good possession team, meaning they don't turn over the ball a lot, uh, and they get a decent amount of steals. Uh, Sanders was a, a pretty solid passer last year, um, and as I mentioned, Johnson I, I think was a, a real solid passer in his time at uh, Kansas State. So I, I think that's an area where if those two guys are taking, you know, 80% of the minutes in the backcourt, if not more, um, right. that R- Rutgers could, you know, maximize some possessions. Maybe maybe they'll slow it down a little bit to try to use that to their advantage. We'll have to see. Um, I think that would be smart. Uh, last year they, they had the fastest tempo. They played games with five guys, six guys, and they st- 
still push the tempo, had the fastest tempo in the Big Ten. You're not going to win that way when you can't score. So yeah, yeah. I think they're going to have to slow it down a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd do that, you know, if if I were them. Um, and then the other thing, you know, you mentioned it, you know, inside and on the boards. I, I know the, the loss of Foreman is going to be significant. You know, I mentioned I, I believe he was the team's leading rebounder last year. But, you know, you have Warren back, who was a pretty solid rebounder. Gettys, again, limited time, smaller league, but he was a pretty good defensive rebounder um, at UNC Williamson. Um, and I, I think, you know, one of the bigger things, I, I think the team's inter- interior scoring could take a big step forward if Sanders yeah. can get to the line better and he can get mm-hmm. inside and finish better. Um, if he can do that, I, I think that would help tremendously. Yeah. But, um yeah, those are those are the areas that popped out to me on the the weakness side. I, I agree. I I think outside shooting is a huge red flag. You know, it was an area they struggled a ton in last year, and to lose Greer, who is arguably the team's best shooter, is a is a big blow. Um, at least on paper in that area. Uh, yeah, I, I so think yeah. if they could, could have found one more shooter, they would have been in really great shape. The the perfect candidate would have been. Um, a grad transfer who just left Hartford and went to Western Kentucky, Pancake Thomas. If they could have gotten in with him and added him, which I don't even know if there was any connection there, it would have been the perfect fit, and I would be way more optimistic in a turnaround. Yeah, I would have been just excited to cover a guy named Pancake. But, well, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, he can really but, uh, stack up those points. Yeah. Um, but uh, moving, in, moving in our next little – subsection here um this i feel like this is a very easy one for Rutgers, but um top player who who do you expect to be the guy for Rutgers this year um i assume you have a a pretty easy choice so who do you think uh else could kind of contend for that role as as the top guy for the scarlet knights this year well i think Corey is clearly your top guy he's got a goal to be in the uh ncaa's um I mean, I'm sorry, to play in the NBA, not the NCAAs. Um, so he's really going to try and take over this year. I think guys who can challenge are um, uh, Nigel Johnson. And I'm curious how Deshaun Freeman reacts this year. Um, they, like I said, I have a feeling Saw might start, but Freeman was supposed to be the man last year, the, the top scorer, you know, mm-hmm. kind of take over for Kadeem Jack. So it'll be real interesting to watch him play and, and if he kind of gets uh, – nudged a little by Sa or if I'm way off and Freeman is the starter. So I think yeah. those three guys are the guys you're looking at. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm pretty much on the same page. I, I think Sanders is your clear and easy choice. Um outside of that, you know, the two transfers, you know, see how they fit in. Um and, you know, a wild card could be Lawrence. He did decent in, you know, certain stretches last year. So who knows, you know, maybe he takes a mm-hmm. huge step forward. But but I think it's an easy answer. Corey Sanders is, is going to be the guy to watch uh, for Rutgers yeah. next year. Um, but jumping into the schedule here, um, let's start with the non-conference. Uh, kind of a, a very uh, too Jekyll Hyde type of schedule here. A couple major, major matchups, and then a whole bunch of nothing. Um, yeah, it's a cupcake well, well, schedule. I think, uh, I think they had to schedule that way just to get these kids to learn how to win. Um, the, the major conference things were required, you know, 
at Miami yep. was is Big East. Uh, I'm sorry, ACC Big Ten Challenge. Seton Hall, they have a contract for eight years. You know, they're at Seton Hall. And um, they had to play at Stony Brook as part of uh, Peichel's buyout. So that's an interesting one. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah, a little side note. Um, I'm, I'm in total agreement. Uh, you know, for the fans, this probably isn't going to be – well, maybe it will be an exciting one. Uh, get some It'll be nice to go home after wins. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, it, you know, it's a schedule. And, and the interesting thing, too, is they don't really play anyone of note at home at all during yeah. non-conference yeah. play. They're all on the road or on neutral courts. Um, but like you said, th- this is something you just have to do if you're Rutgers. I mean, you can't afford to try to schedule a, a really challenging slate and end up with, you know, two or three wins in non-conference play or something. It's just – it's not something you can do. So, I – uh I, I think it's a good schedule, and you know who knows? Maybe they can steal one of those games uh, at Stony Brook or something. You know, Pico obviously has some inside intel, so who knows? Maybe they can uh, steal one of those. Uh, moving into Big Ten play, though, um, this thing looks like a buzzsaw, and it, and it starts off with just a brutal uh, slate. You know, three of the first four games are on the road at Wisconsin, Iowa, and MSU. Uh, your reactions to Big Ten play, um, do, you, do you think there, there's a risk that they kind of get too beat up in the first couple weeks here and, and slack at the end? Or uh, do you think this is just kind of the nature of the Big Ten? Well, I mean, of course it's a buzzsaw. They were the worst team in the country last year. and They could be <laughs> playing anybody, and it looks like a buzzsaw. Uh, I, I think – I mean, they're going to get – they're going to take their licks. I think everybody is prepared for that. But the mm-hmm. good thing is they have the lower-level Big Ten teams, the Penn States, the Illinois, the Minnesotas. They have them at home. There's opportunity to win some games. Um, yeah, three or four are on the road, but you, you're you not expecting wins. You, you're hoping they stay in it. You're hoping, you know, mm-hmm. like that's the kind of year this is. If this was a, a, hey, we were on the bubble last year, maybe we could take a leap, you know, that sort of thing, and then this is the schedule, yeah, I'd be annoyed. But right now? It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to see him play well. You know, you want to see him surprise somebody. What, what are you, what are you yeah. going to do? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, th- I think the only thing that would worry me a little bit, um, if I was a Rutgers fan here, is it, just, you know, how much of a mental hit that could take. I mean, uh, just, you know, if you look through the first half here, I mean, the only games that are really, you know, close, they get Penn State at home, they get Northwestern at home. Nebraska at home but other than that all of them look like really really tough games um but the the latter section the last six games or so I I think is actually pretty manageable and that's Minnesota at home they get back-to-back road games at Purdue and Northwestern but I mean Northwestern really isn't a road game for the most part uh then they get Michigan Maryland and Illinois Northwestern at home. So, I mean, like 19 threes against them last year I I can't <laughs> I, every game is hard I should <laughs> bring I should bring up uh too many bad memories. But it, if there's a, an easy road game in the Big Ten for Rutgers, that's probably the easiest outside of maybe Penn State, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, take what you get, I guess. But, uh, but I mean, I, I just, you know, I look at those last couple of games and I, I just think, you know, this could be uh, an area where they could pull off an upset or two and, and bring some momentum into the postseason and, and uh, next year as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I can say a lot about Peichel's coaching if he can keep them in it after they get pounded for a while. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Eddie's yeah. teams his first two years gave up. I, I don't think mm-hmm. last year they gave up, but the first two years they just kind of threw up their hands and said, eh, oh, well. So Yeah. I mean, I, I talk about it on this podcast all the time, and I, I you know, certainly was talking about our last one was on the, the Big Ten schedule release, but, you know, it's really challenging, I can imagine, for coaches. You know, when their team gets beat up, they get beat down, and they got to turn around and, hey, these are winnable games, but they're tough games. And, uh, you know, if Michael can find a way to do it here, with uh, Rutgers and, and get some momentum, you know, finish strongly for once at the end of the year. Uh, it would certainly be noteworthy and, and certainly be a, a sign of, you know, the, the program heading in the right direction. Um, but but with that, I, I think uh, I think you I think you went through the the starting lineup. Um, let's let's jump into that a little bit though. Um, you mentioned guard up is going to be a concern, uh, which. Which kind of position group do you do you consider the strongest on this team? Where where what intrigues you the most? Uh, where do you think could be a uh, a potential red flag? Um, I'm really intrigued by the wings. Um, you have Laurent Laurent. You have Omarui. You have um, Issa Thiam, who's out of who's supposed to be a shooter, and he's six nine and he's going to play the wing. And then you have Matt Bullock. Um, so they're four deep at wing, and you kind of don't know. I mean, we saw Laurent play, but he played power forward most of the year. So you kind of don't know what you're getting. So uh, it's it's intriguing because it's an unknown. Um, strength and weakness, in my opinion, is guards. You have talented guards, but you have no depth. Somebody gets hurt, you're in trouble. So you're going to live and die by your guards. And that's how it is in college basketball anyway, so. That's Fair enough. Kind of what I think. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I I'm kind of with you. I I think this wing group, um, I don't know if they have quite the potential to be outstanding or something. Um, but you know, could they, could they end up with a good three to four rotation? You know, a couple of solid guys who who can manage well. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I mentioned Gettys. I'm really interested to watch him. I think he's gonna. To me, in my opinion, I think he's gonna start. We'll see. Um. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Uh, <laughs> um, and then the, we'll in the, know in more the back, in about a month. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Um, and in the backcourt, I think Johnson and Sanders could be a pretty good one-two punch. Um, I, I don't know if <laughs> where where it would fit in in terms of Big Ten backcourts, but uh, I I certainly think it would be an intriguing one. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but with that, let's let's get into the fun part here. Uh, season predictions. Where do you where do you see this team finishing? Um, I'll ask. Do they make the postseason? Uh, where do they finish in the Big Ten? Um, is is there progress this year? <laughs> there's there's definitely progress. There can't not be. Um, I think they win tw- win twelve twelve total games. Um, I can't decide whether that means three or four Big Ten wins. I'm hoping for four with an upset. Um, mm-hmm four Big Ten wins kind of puts you in the mix to not finish last. Uh, they're not going to the postseason unless there's, you know, unless the rest of the Big Ten gets sucked into a back black hole. Um, <laughs> so there, there's progress. There's excitement. Um, they're going to be fun to watch. I, I have total confidence in that. But um, keep your expectations low because even if they win 12 games this year, that's five more than they won last year. You know, you're looking to pass the eye test. Pikel will have this program going, hopefully, in year three, where they look like a real basketball team 
and then we'll see for year four or five if he can get them into the NCAAs. But this year, 12 wins. I've had some people tell me that might even be a bit high. Um, so that's my goal. That's my prediction. 12 wins. Anything above that, uh, the the rack has been blessed. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd say I'm, I'm somewhere in the, in the similar range. And, and to start off with, you know, if they don't improve from seven wins, I will be very, very shocked. Uh, first off, because I mean, that's an incredibly low floor to improve from, but, uh, yeah. but, but the one second of those part seven is, wins was against a division two team too. So <laughs> yes, big 10, uh, but uh, starting off, you know, if you look at that non-conference schedule, I mean, there are eight wins in there. If this team improves significantly at all, I mean, if they finish, what did I say? 291 in Ken Palm rating. If they're even close to 200, they should get around, you know, seven to eight wins in non-conference play, which basically means you do anything in the Big Ten, you improve. Um, right. The Big Ten, it, it's going to be really interesting this year. You know, obviously we haven't broken down every team here on the podcast, but I think the Big Ten overall is going to be weaker in the sense. I don't think you're going to have as many, quote-unquote, superpower teams, uh, meaning I don't think you're going to have a Maryland team stacked with, you know, NBA talents, uh, you know, Michigan State with all these seniors. I also think the bottom is kind of taking a step forward. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's good or bad for Rutgers. I, I think the potential for an upset is higher. But I think, you know, the quote unquote winnable games are going to be a, a lot tougher because I, I just have a hard time seeing teams like Illinois and Minnesota being as bad as they were last year as well. Uh, so it, it, it's it's an interesting uh, dynamic there. Um Personally, I, I think they're going to be somewhere around 10 to 11 wins, uh, you know, bar, barring something, you know, major happening between now and the season starting, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I, this is the first time I, I felt optimistic about Rutgers, and who knows, maybe next year uh, Rutgers will not be our first podcast here. And, uh... <laughs> I am not faking my optimism this year like I have been the past two years. I'm not faking it right now. Last year Definitely. was – was more praying to the basketball gods uh, that they'd be better, which clearly they weren't. So <laughs> here's hoping that, that things finally start to look good for Rutgers. Pat Hobbs hired, uh, he's Rutgers AD. He hired Kevin Willard at Seton Hall, and that took six years. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Hopefully Peichel can be a little bit faster in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It makes sense. Um, but with that, Dave, do you have any final thoughts here on Rutgers? Any final thoughts on the Big Ten or, or anything else here as we head into the 2016-17 uh, season? I am going to call you out a little bit, Thomas. I, I read that article today that you were talking about on NJ.com where you were saying there was no context. And the article was only talking <laughs> about those six New Jersey players. It wasn't talking about Michigan as a whole. All right? <laughs> so there was no reason to get so upset. I I will respectfully disagree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I just and and for our listeners here, this is a, a little Rutgers Michigan football debate ish type discussion um, that myself, Dave, and and I'm trying to remember who else we Jeff, were talking Jeff about. Jeff Goldman, who's a editor at the Star Ledger. Oh, okay, yeah, Jeff Goldman. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't want to get too off topic, uh, just on football stuff here. Um, but my my 
<laughs> my my thing here is, you know, for again, apologize to people who aren't as in tune with this. Um, Michigan, you know, they've been recruiting New Jersey really hard in football. They landed Rashawn Gary, who was the number one overall recruit there last year. Uh, Michael Dumfor, who was like a high three-star. Um, Amir Mitchell, who was a four-star. A couple of them are, let's see, one transferred out, one didn't qualify academically, and another one who, Kareem Walker, a four-star running back, is having academic issues. So he's currently not fully participating on the team. Uh, Rutgers writer mentioned that, you know, it, they were having a, I think it was a tough start was how he Those six it. guys, not Michigan. Yeah. Those six guys were having a tough start. Yeah. And the issue that I take exception to is that Rashawn Gary started his first collegiate game. Michael Dunford played a significant role in his first collegiate game. Um, and I just, if any two recruits of six have that much progress, I, I just find it difficult to say they're having a, a tough start um, when I don't think other teams are held to the same standard, I should say. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. The fire's My goodness. The oh, fire's skin. <laughs> um, hey, I, I get fired up. I get fired up about, uh, about football here. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about football. I mean, I, 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 I get excited and like to watch, but I, it doesn't, it doesn't burn my, I don't get fired up. So. Yeah. So, um, to our listeners who have made it through this, uh, football rant here, uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, Dave, uh, well, thank you for joining and, uh, appreciate the, the football discussion here as well. Yeah, as the no problem. Can I, can I get a plug in? Uh, yeah, feel free. Yeah, buy my books, uh, the Jackson Dunn series, Dave White, um, and Empty Hell is in stores and on Amazon now. So uh, if you like the main character is a high school basketball coach and a PI. So if you like it, um, basketball, check out an Empty Hell. Um, and uh, check out onthebanks.com. And you can get that book on Amazon, right? Yep. Okay, excellent for our uh, listeners who are interested. Um, anyway, Dave, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully we'll do another one like mid-season where I'm even more optimistic. Definitely. Yeah, hopefully. All right. Thanks again, Dave. Have a good one, Tom. Um, as a reminder, everyone, that was Dave White. He writes for SB Nation's On the Banks, which covers Rutgers football, basketball, all sports in general. Um, I think they had a lot of coverage on wrestling. Um if I remember right last year, but a, a lot of coverage, you know, if you're a Rutgers fan, if you're a big 10 fan interested in Rutgers, they do great work there. Uh, definitely like all the guys over there. Um, but with that, I apologize for those of you who are not football fans who had to endure me ranting about football. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, anyway, um, my name is Thomas Bendit. You can follow me on Twitter at T Bendit. I am the host and manager of BT powerhouses podcast. Um, Definitely check us out here in the coming weeks. We're going to have previews on every single Big Ten team here in the podcast section. And the coverage is already dumping on the BT Powerhouse page. Check it out. Tons to read. Uh, tons to read. And we will see you next time. Thanks.